AM 970 presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information. From the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest in real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all of your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. Call now, 866-970-9622. 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elements Vice Chair, Dottie Herman. Good morning. Good morning. I'm Daddy Herman, and you're listening to I on Real Estate. And of course, as I tell you every week, we're not only the best show, we're the only show on talk radio that is all about real estate and the millions of things that have to do with real estate, which is just about everything. And we keep you very current on what's going on and how that will affect you. Um, we always love to hear from you, so you can give us a ring whenever. You'd like an eight six six nine seven zero nine six two two. I also want to thank Citizens Bank for supporting our show. And uh, Citizens Bank was founded to help citizens, regular people like you and me, not just big corporations. Um, last year, Citizens was the largest lender in Northeast, and uh, they're currently expanding all over. Soon, you're going to see a Citizens on every corner that you can find. Um, if you need any information, they're 24-7 help, and you can call them at any time at 1-800-922-9999. Um, and again, thank you very much. We thank citizens for their report. So it's great. We, I, you know, I, I introduce everyone every week, but everyone knows Ace. Ace has been on with me since the beginning of the show. Hi, Ace. Um, Ace is our financial expert. Hi, Ace. Hi, good morning, Stephen. Good morning, Dottie. And Stephen, who specializes in real estate law, both residential and commercial. Stephen is a partner at Casson and Casson LLP, and Casson and Casson has offices in Manhattan, Dallas, and Phoenix. So he's our legal legal. And any questions you have, you can also give Stephen a call at eight six six nine seven zero nine six two two. Thanks, everybody, for being here. How was your Thanksgiving? Oh, it was amazing, Dottie. A lot of food, a lot of eating. Now now I need to shed the uh, the weight. I need to go uh, to the gym, Dottie. So right <laughs> in time for New Year's resolution, you know? Every, every, every holiday, it's always like that. Three dinners, three family gatherings. It was, it was a lot of food. What about yourself, Dottie and Steven? That was great. You know, my whole family, you know, we didn't have Thanksgiving last year. COVID was, uh, you know, we were pretty locked down last year. So everyone got together, my family. So, you know, with everybody with nieces and nephews and their kids and brothers and sisters and a couple of different marriages along the line. Um, it was great. It was really, um, it was great. Like you, we ate a lot. But the only bad thing that I had this year, and I was very sad, I have, um, he lives on Long Island because I can't keep him in the city, but uh, I have I had a Mastiff, and Mastiffs, I think you might know, the big Mastiffs are like 200 pounds. And the, they're great dogs, but they don't live long. They have big bodies, and their hearts are small for their body. And, um, you know, a couple of days before Thanksgiving, they told me he was not doing too well, and so I, I, I went to see him, and he had a tumor that was probably the size, 
think he was probably four pounds, but he wasn't suffering. But you could see that he was not going to make it. He was just like laying and tired. So I went to see him every day, and he um, he unfortunately died on Thanksgiving. But at this point, he had no quality of life. So in that sense, I was crying, and it was sad. Um, but I've had so many dogs, and they become part of your family. <laughs> so other than that, we had a great Thanksgiving. And ate a lot, too. We ate a lot, too. How about you, Steve? So we all had nice Thanksgivings. I hope you did. Um, I, did I anybody did. go you. shopping yeah. for Black Friday? Anybody? A little bit, not 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 a lot. I like going sort of afterwards because I guess I can't deal with the madhouse of the rush. Um, so you know, we kind of do it in pieces. A story here, a story yeah. there, instead of just the all-in. I don't blame you. I never go because I can't deal with the rushes. Although they say that um, this year shoppers visits began to dwindle at malls around the country on Black Friday. And they said that uh, this season is playing out much differently uh, than those of the past. Of course, we're not counting last year because last year there was nothing. Um, the activity of many shoppers was more subdued. And they said, and I, you know, it was on the news, they said that the deals were harder to come by. There wasn't as many good deals. Um, they said there were no long, huge lines. Um, and you did see some people lining up just in the spirit of hoping to get some type of good deal. Uh, but they said that really there wasn't that many really deals. And um, people bought things, but they said, you know, there was, they, were, they didn't have a lot of product. And um, so, I mean, it was better than not having it. But um, they said it really was kind of very calm and there wasn't many deals. And they were out of a lot of things. Now, I, yeah, I mean, happen I think to be... that's part of the supply. I think, I think you're right. I think that's part of the supply issue. It's interesting. Some businesses have been tackling it differently, either rotating some inventory items for the higher end. They, they've been using airborne delivery instead of ship delivery. Um, you know, I think, I think it's been a mix of responses because obviously the retailers want to make sure. I think that even if they don't have the particular item you want, they want to make sure they have a bunch of things for you to at least have that experience and have the customers return. Well, Stephen, I th you know, from what I'm hearing, I'm hearing the same thing. But I'm also, like, I, I went to, um, I think I went to Party City because for Christmas Eve, I said, let me buy some, I was on Long Island, so I said, let me go to Party City there and get the stuff I need and all the paperwork, you know, plates and everything for the holidays and Christmas. And, um... When I tell you, Party City is usually a big store. They were out of everything. <laughs> they were truly out of everything. And either they were out of everything or they didn't get as much in. Uh, you know, you know it didn't seem like the selection. You know, I mean, I used to go in there every year, and it was, like, totally very different. You know, it's interesting you say that, and I don't mean to pick on Party City, but it's funny. We had the same experience for Halloween. We were trying to get some stuff. And they definitely had inventory, but it was not to the same degree. And, and this is where I think it's important to look at retails right there. They're getting a lot of seasonal items, you know, that are not necessarily expensive items, right? 
paper plates or plastic right. where that's disposable or a costume. And always the, Halloween, always wear costumes there also, yeah. Yeah, and I think they're the one. I think stores of that type are going to get hit the most with the supply chain issue. Like, there's very specific timing, and these are not high-end products, right? You know, if you're dealing in the high-end, let's say you're selling Rolex watches, you have a small high-end item, you could pay more for shipping and get inventory in. But I think when you look at the margins and price points, when you have a, a retailer like Party City, and I think a lot is imported from China, they're the ones I think that are going to struggle with inventory. So I think it's also important for the consumers to know that depending upon the type of product in store, that's going to make a big difference. I think some stores have plenty of inventory and some have more of a struggle. That, you know, that's a good point. Um, that's really a good point. I was listening to um, Macy's, um, the, the CEO of Macy's, I think his name is Jeff Gannett, said coping with new COVID variants is familiar to him. He said retail was supposed to be the spotlight this Black Friday as bigger crowds of shoppers were expected to return to stores. Instead, he said the stock market is dropping on fears of a new variant. And that that was true. Did you hear that yesterday? That they now there's fears of a new variant of COVID-19 and it was discovered in South Africa. And on CBN uh, Squawk Box, uh, Jeff uh, Jeanette, who's the CEO of Macy's, said it brings back memories of what department stores have dealt with through the global health crisis. He said the company will closely monitor the development. And I think that news also came out around the same time, and maybe it persuaded people not to go out again. I don't well, know. Yeah, the, 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 the variant, yeah, they talked the Omicron variant. I mean, the good news is... You know, it hasn't spread wide yet, and particularly in the U.S. Um, you know, so I think it really, there's a real chance to try to prevent a lot of it from spreading to the U.S., depending upon how they put in the travel restrictions. Um, but look, you know, every time you have a new variant, you know, there's going to be a time period of, of heightened concern, you know, like we had in August with Delta, until we know, is it really that much different, how effective things are or not um you know I, I, i'll you're absolutely right but i'll stick with the positive news you know there's now a new pill that's in the process of getting emergency authorization by pfizer and by merck and there's a third one in process from israel and although it seems the pfizer one is more effective than the merck one that you know it looks like you can take it for a five-day dose and it seems to have about a 90 percent effectiveness and what's interesting about that is it's a much broader way of protection, the way the medicine works, um, including also, in some cases, taking it afterwards. So, you know, there's always mixed that's news good. for a while. Well, I think, but you know, I was talking to uh, some good friends who I respect tremendously, and basically, you know, we were talking about, because, you know, our Basel this, this this week, next week in um, Florida, and we were thinking of going, and basically we're thinking... This is going to be around for a long time. There's going to be more variants, some of them which are strong, some of them which are really nothing. Um, and you're probably going to have to get vaccines like you do for the flu, like every year. And um, if I recall correctly, remember there were times when you get a flu shot and you still got the flu because there were two different kinds of flu, and one flu shot didn't work on some other type of flu. 
I kind of get the feeling that's how COVID's going to be. I think it's going to be around for a long time. I think less people will die. But, you know, but with the flu, a lot of people died. They just didn't broadcast it all the time. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, I, people die from the flu, but, you know, you didn't hear it on the news all the time. Oh, you know, so, the, so I, you know, I think we're going to be, I, but I do think it's going to be around for a while. And I think as long as you take proper precautions and you take your, um, it seems like the vaccines, even though I do know for many people who've gotten the COVID since they had the vaccines, none of them had really bad cases. So. I think that, you know, I think that as long as, you know, you know, you get, you know, you get, as long as you're not going to die and you don't have a bad case, I think, you know, it's manageable. But I think it's going to be a while for a little time. But I was just saying that in reference to Black Friday, um, the CEOs thought that possibly because they were pushing that news out on Black Friday about a new COVID and, and, um, and the stock market falling. So I think, you know, some people didn't really rush out. But... It wasn't the same Black Friday anyway. There weren't the same amount of deals. Uh, but if you're looking for a Peloton, you might get a great deal on a Peloton. I think Peloton, some of those uh, those bikes and everything that people use during the pandemic because they couldn't go to the gyms were really big. I, I know for a fact there's big slashes on that in case you're interested. Anyhow, enough with Black Friday. Um New York City retailers are going the extra mile for holiday season to lure shoppers back. New York City retailers are gathering up for robust holiday shopping, even uh, as anxiety is over another virus surge and hang in the air. People want to get out. They want to get, and they do. I think people are so fed up of being cooped up. People want to get out. They want to get into the malls. They want to get into stores, and they're tired of being cooped up at home. And there is no doubt that 2021 holiday season is different than 2020. Okay, well, 2020, there wasn't a holiday season, I really don't think. And now after nearly two brutal years of lockdowns and deserted streets in New York City, retailers and bankers are banking that shoppers will return in big numbers this year to make up for lost time. Because remember, last year, vaccines were not available um, they did have the parade, uh, because I know people who went to it. Most inter- international tourists were barred from entering the U.S. and a bleak winter light ahead. But with travel bans now lifted and holiday staples like Broadway back, up and running retailers and their landlords are hoping a better mood will translate into fuller shopping and spending more money. And I think that's true, because we've been in the city, and the city seems very crowded to me. Um, the logistics, as you said, Steve, are coupled with labor shortages. Um, yeah, there's a lot of labor shortages. And predicting lines and stores and empty shelves. But retailers are doing extraordinary things to get ahead. Victoria's Secrets the other day said they're flying goods in from Asia rather than letting them get clogged up in Long Beach. They want to make sure their stores are well stocked. And... Um, and then retailers are going to be serving coffee, water, champagne, and sometimes light snacks in malls, creating a positive in-store experience. Uh, so they're they're really going to try. And truthfully, I do, I'm in the city. The city streets are busy, and traffic traffic is kind of crazy. 
And Amazon, I don't know if you heard about this, but Amazon has this, these new stores that you pick up and go, and they've opened a brand new concept. Um, well, Amazon, I don't say Amazon, excuse me, Starbucks, um, which, which joined, you know, they, they joined forces with Amazon, and they have this, um, they allow people to purchase and pick up food without any human interaction. And the store that's on East 59th Street between Park and Lexington is employing Amazon Go technology. And the system, you just walk, walk out, allows bodies to walk out of a store, and Amazon to deduct payments automatically without checking out. So from the pandemic, they became a lot of new, new things. So in saying that, we uh, last week were talking to Ace, and I want to tell you especially the before I let Ace go, because we were talking about cyber currency, and I want to finish that up. Um, at 11 o'clock, we do have a special guest. Um, we have Tom Swazi, who uh, started out as uh, in Glenn Cove, as the mayor of Glenn Cove, and now he's a congressman, and he's going to give us his read on what's going on. But Ace, you last week started talking about cyber currency. So give us a a, a little, just a, a summary of what interest rates are doing now, and then if you could continue that conversation, um, we are all trying to grasp on to, to getting the concept. Definitely, Dottie. So rates are still at an all-time low. Um, it's currently right at 3%, 2.875 for a 30-year fix. Uh, we think it's going to at least climb up just a little bit by the end of next year, Dottie. So by the end of 2022, right. uh, we're predicting that it should go up to 4%. Still very low, um, but as rates start to creep up, it's really um, critical that our listeners know the know their options, right? And and just know that in today's environment, we're probably in the lowest um, sort of sort of historical rates that we've ever seen in the last 50 years. So if, if you're thinking about buying, or if you haven't refinanced yet, you should definitely inquire. Call us. You know, leave your name and number, and at least just go over your options, right? Um, yeah. As it pertains let me to, say yeah, this. Go ahead, Dottie. Yeah. Let me just interrupt. For those of you who haven't refinanced, and I know a million of you, oh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I know I have to do it, but haven't. You are going to yes. kick yourself in the head ten times over, and you should get a kick. This is more important than anything that you could do other than helping somebody who's sick or you're out. And so many people know to do it, but get busy and get, you know, get preoccupied with their business, with their work, with their kids, and forget to do what, the, what really is going to help them the most. So I am telling you, holidays, no holidays, busy, buying gifts, kids going to be home from school, I don't care what. Do not be one of those people who kicks himself in the head ten times. You have a window. Yeah. And and, and, and then, and, you know, they say, well, it's not going to raise until next year a little bit. Well, you know, they, you know, they say that we, we have time. But you know what happens when you have time? You wait till the last minute, and then you don't have time, and it's over. Do it now. Secure your future. You will never have rates like this again. Hi, Kevin McCullough. Want to do something truly memorable to celebrate the new year? Why not sail into 2022 on board the Atlantis yacht? 
enjoying a 360-degree view of Manhattan. The Atlantis of New York Cruises is hosting a New Year's Eve party that is guaranteed to impress. With three levels to party on, their main dining salon, lounge deck, sky deck, guests have plenty of room to take in the iconic skyline and ring in the new year. Forget the crowded land-based venues. Celebrate in style with fireworks, family, and fantastic views. Event itinerary includes hors d'oeuvres and gourmet buffet, premium open bar featuring their gold bar with festive New Year's Eve cocktails, and live DJ entertainment. Space is limited. For more information or to buy tickets, visit NewYorkCruises.com or call 718-646-8083. That's 718-646-8083. You and your family's health must be a priority. Invite Health is making this easy with our buy one, get one free Black Friday event. Buy any Invite Health product at suggested retail and get the second bottle free. This is a good time to speak with our degreed healthcare professionals about Invite Health selection of premium vitamins and non-GMO nutritional supplements, especially to support immunity, including probiotic HX, immunity HX, and beta immunity. Give us a call to order by phone or to speak with a degreed healthcare professional seven days a week at 800 459 2272. That's 800-459-2272. Visit invitehealth.com for our retail locations and additional product offers. Take advantage of Invite's limited time, buy one, get one free Black Friday event. Contact Invite at 800-459-2272. That phone number again, 800-459-2272, or go to invitehealth.com. Was the night before Christmas and all through the place, everyone had such a smile on their face. Mortgage or rent had been paid for all next year. Twas the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Sweepstakes that brought so much cheer. You too can enter before it drops out of sight. Enter one, enter all, and to all a good night. Go to am970theanswer.com and click on the Christmas Mortgage Miracle banner to enter. Enter once per day. Christmas Mortgage Miracle, sponsored by Holland Christian Home. Broadway at the Russian Tea Room gives you the scoop on everything happening in the arts in New York City with host Rob Taub, interviewing stars, writers, directors, and people from behind the scenes as well. If you love show business, you'll love Broadway at the Russian Tea Room with host Rob Taub. Tune in every Sunday afternoon at 5 on AM 970, The Answer. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. We're planning a trip to Spain later this year. But our Spanish is... It's pretty bad. (laughs) (laughs) When you learn a language, you want to actually use it. Babbel is designed with that goal in mind. Babbel's conversation-based method teaches you real-life words and phrases. And with Babbel's interactive, bite-sized lessons, you'll remember what you learned. ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿De dónde eres? ¿De dónde eres? No matter your learning style or experience level, Babbel has lessons designed for you that will get you speaking quickly and confidently. I tried learning Spanish before, but I couldn't stick with it until I found Babbel. There's no easier way to learn another language. Ahora hablamos español. He just said, now we speak Spanish. I can't wait to use our new language skills on our upcoming adventures. Babbel, language for life. Celebrating 10 million subscriptions sold. Now try Babbel for free at Babbel.com. Just go to Babbel.com and start learning a new language today. That's Babbel.com. B-A-B-B-E-L.com. 
It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elliman's Vice Chair, Dottie Herman. Marshall listening to I on Real Estate. I'm here with Ace Flutter-Subalk and Stephen Ebert and myself, Daddy Herman. And we were in, well, we actually started last week talking about cyber currency. And everyone I talked to really, a lot of people really don't understand it fully. So um, Ace was starting to last week, and I asked him to continue uh, because it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And people are really talking about it a lot more and are actually using it. So, Ace, if you could, would you give us kind of a basics of, you know, how that works? And there's so many different, there's not Bitcoins. Can you kind of get our listeners a, a little info to try to get them familiar? Well, they've heard it, but, you know, the basics of it and how it works. Definitely, Dottie. And, and, and you know, and cryptocurrency has been around since 2008, Dottie, so a very, very long time. But, you know, there were a lot of individual sort of uh, users, right? So there wasn't a lot of adoption. A lot of it had to do with with somewhat of a black market. But now with financial institutions coming in and, and really adopting and investing in cryptocurrency, the, the technology is, is by far um, so technologically advanced where they can process, let's say, payments, right? So there's different types of cryptocurrency. The, the, the only thing that I would really sort of um, heed our, our listeners is do your due diligence because you're going to hear a lot about cryptocurrency in the next few years. It's definitely a phenomenon right now. But just like the Internet boom um, in the 2000s, some will prevail and some will not, right? And there's just so much cryptocurrency out there to, to, to explain to our listeners Dottie in a simple in, in the most simplest form cryptocurrency is just another asset class right so just like the stock market um, people invest in gold and silver to sort of combat inflation and today there's a lot of inflation occurring right now and thus the reason why there's so much attention on cryptocurrency and the way it works is cryptocurrency and and the most popular one is Bitcoin right now, which a lot of people talk about, and they're they're pretty much the standard for cryptocurrency. So if Bitcoin goes up, then all the other alternative coins um, they go up with it. If Bitcoin goes down, then all the other alternate um, alternate alternate coins will go down, right? So the biggest I, I I would say the biggest way to sort of understand cryptocurrency is there's only a finite amount that's being produced and it's called mining where you use a lot of electricity you're mining and you're pretty much figuring logarithms where you can't really break into a blockchain so it's very very secure in that way except right now it's it's really created to decentralize the government meaning there is no sort of um there's no third party really controlling the currency and that's why a lot of people they love cryptocurrency Dottie, because they feel as if especially third world countries where the government may not be as let's say um compliant or you know the government especially communist countries as well right so a lot of people they tend to lean on cryptocurrency to to really create more value and they feel that they have the control over 
over the currency as opposed to the government and whatnot and, and printing of, you know, the dollar and things of that nature. So there's a lot of, a, a lot of ethoses that go behind why people are so gung-ho about cryptocurrency. But again, you know, if you talk to Steven, if you talk to myself or Dottie, everybody has different views. It's really important to just educate yourself. And I, I don't want to go too much into detail, Dottie, because right. there's just so much to learn in regards to um, cryptocurrency, now NFTs, which is digital art. And there's just so much that's going on in this space that you really have to educate yourself to really understand what the trends are and what type of utility each token has because each crypto, it's not created equal, right? So there, there there's different utilities depending on um, the use. But there's just so many out there that you really have to be careful to not just follow the trends and and really get hurt, right, when you're making a financial um, investment. So it's, it's, it's out there. Do your research. And, yeah. What I'm hearing, and please, Steve, and Ace, ship it, Look, I wanted to discuss a little about inflation because, of course, what I'm hearing is because we're printing so much money, um, and we, you know, we, we we have inflation, we have it, and and that what happens, and I wanted to talk a little about inflation because inflation, which we're in right now, is a decline of purchasing power of a given currency over time. So it means that, you know, the same amount of money. In inflationary times, it's going to buy you less, which is what you're hearing all over the news now, that things are higher. Gas is higher. I just paid $5 for gas in, the United, in, in New York City. Um, so a quantitative estimate of the rate at which the decline in purchasing power occurs can cause, obviously, uh, an increase in, in average price level. And... While it's easy to measure the price changes of individual products over time, if you extend beyond one or two such products, individuals need a big and diversified set of products to, you know, and services that are all going up. And I'm hearing, okay, now obviously before I just get into that, and that's I think why cryptocurrency, I mean it's one of the reasons I think people are talking more about it, is... Um, what causes inflation is an, an increase in the supply of money, and that is the root of inflation. And what's going on right now, and I'm not being political at all, but we are just making money, you know, printing more and more money. And as you print more and more money, um, because, you know, the government, you know, the monetary supply can be increased by monetary authorities by either printing and giving away more money to the individuals um, and that, but and that really devalues or reduces the value of the legal tender currency. And so, you're hearing that there's so much money being printed, which is what the you know our administration is doing, and that devalues the dollar. And Ace, help me if I'm correct here on this. But with crypto, there's only a set amount. There's a finite amount that folks can mine, and um, I believe there's only about 5 million uh, Bitcoins available uh, within the next uh, two to three years. So we're going to see um, Bitcoin continue to be uh, finite, and that's really where the value comes into play, and that's why people are saying that 
that Bitcoin can go up to potentially 150,000 per coin, Dottie. So a lot yeah, of money. Yeah, and a lot right of it has right to do with inflation. And built-in inflation is, you know, is uh, the idea that people expect current inflation, people expect that inflation is not ending, that it's going to continue, and that's going to continue in the future. Now, if everything that you buy costs more money and prices and goods and services rise, then workers and others will come to expect that they will, they, that they will need to have, make more money. To, to cover their, to, to maintain, not to grow their standard of living, to maintain their standard of living um, in inflationary periods, and they're probably going to need to get more, they're going to need increased wages, and that results in higher cost of goods and services. So kind of, that's kind of what we're dealing with now. And inflation can be structured either good or bad, depending on which side one takes and how rapidly the changes occur. So, like, for example, if you, if you uh, are an individual with tangible assets that are priced in currency, like property or stock commodities, you might like inflation to see some inflation as that raises the prices of your assets, which then can be sold at a higher price. Um, however, buyers of such assets may not be happy with inflation. So if you're a buyer and you're buying them, you, you, know, you, know, you wouldn't want to see inflation take over because that makes everything you're buying more expensive. So I think that because, I mean, I hear, and again, I'm not, I'm not a connoisseur on this, and it's just what I'm hearing, that people, because of the dollar being, you know, they printed so much of it that it's almost being devalued that they're feeling a little bit more comfortable with some kind of cryptos because they are a finite amount. They just can't keep on printing them. Correct, Donnie. And, 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 and this year, there's Art Basel in Miami. Uh, for those listeners who don't know what Art Basel is, it's really an international trade where so many folks in Dada, I know you've been there, Stephen, I'm not sure yes. if you've been there, but... So many people from around the world, they come <clears throat> and they look at art. And it's not only the shape of art. And I think, believe, I believe we have a break, but I just wanted to touch upon NFTs and how it's become a phenomenon where this year's Art Basel will be record-breaking um, this year in Miami. So, but Did you we'll finish be that up after the break? Yeah. Route 22 Toyota. All right. Alex Kinsella, he wants you to know that due to the current landscape in the automotive industry, your current vehicle has never been worth more. That's right. Alex told me that he's paying overbooked value for all makes and models. So get over to Route 22 Toyota in Hillside, New Jersey right now and find out how much your vehicle is worth, whether you lease, finance your vehicle or own it outright. It's worth more now than ever before. Alex says it does not matter if you purchase or lease a new vehicle. They're offering overbooked value for any make or model. Supply is low, which means your vehicle is in demand. And our friends at Route 22 Toyota, they are making it worth your time. It's 973-705-8905. You speak to someone on Alex's team, you get more than ever before for your current vehicle. The address at Route 22 Toyota is 109 Route 22 West in Hillside, New Jersey, 973-705-8905. Or start here, please, Route 22 Toyota. Dot com. 
Dr. Gorka here, and you know me. I am very cynical about products, especially those that claim to help people suffering from pain. So when I tell you that Relief Factor truly works, I want you to know that I mean it. I suffered from a stiff lower back for almost a decade, one so painful it made it difficult to kneel in church on Sundays. When I finally decided to give Relief Factor a try, I didn't ever imagine that I would find myself free of the pain. But that's what happened. Happened. Now I take Relief Factor every day. Almost 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it worked for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick start for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. Feel the difference. Born from the tragedy in 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been honoring America's heroes ever since. To mark 20 years since 9-11, the Foundation's chairman and CEO, Frank Siller, connected where America was attacked. On foot from Pentagon to Shanksville to downtown Manhattan, where he retraced his brother's footsteps. Thanks to your support, Towers of Light returned to the Pentagon and Shanksville memorials. For the first time, our country recognized the people we lost to 9-11-related illness through the Foundation's name-reading ceremony. And in another first, those lost in the War on Terror had their names read aloud. That ceremony is now the newest Tunnel to Towers annual tradition. Now, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation is bringing hope to heroes and their families, giving away at least a home a day from Thanksgiving to New Year's Eve. Honor our vow to never forget. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, and then T.org. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. It's said that if you don't like the weather, just wait a few minutes and it'll change. Well, the weather isn't the only thing changing. Local business owners are saying it's getting harder to sustain their business than it was a few months ago. Let Salem Surround help you today. Our team of local in-market experts will utilize the latest research and marketing technology to deliver media plans that will exceed your expectations. Salem Surround is here to help you achieve success. Learn more at surroundnewyork.com. Surroundnewyork.com. Connecting you with new customers. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elliman's Vice Chair, Dottie Herman. Zach, you're listening to I on Real Estate. And we're in the midst of talking about inflation and the effects of inflation, and of course, inflation can affect the economy in several ways. For example, if inflation causes a, na- a nation's currency to decline, then this can benefit exporters by making their goods more affordable when price and currency of foreign nations. On the other hand, this could harm importers by making foreign-made goods more expensive. So... Um, we were in the middle of talking, Ace was talking about NFTs and real estate, and maybe you could expand on that a little bit, Ace? Yeah, it's really interesting, Dottie, how um, it's, 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 quite a, it's quite a phenomenon with this generation, and, and I can tell you that there's something called decentralized land where you can actually buy property virtually, and someone just bought a property that's virtual, for $2.4 million, Dottie. And NFTs right, has become... Would you explain that to everyone? 
how they did that. I, I, I still don't understand, right? And, and Steven's probably going to um, – I can see him rolling his eyes right now. There, there, are, there are folks out there that are basically buying virtual land, meaning it's not real, it's not tangible, you can't touch it, you can't feel it. It's just on a computer uh, somewhere, and they're building their, their own sort of community um, on the virtual sort of uh, platform, and people are actually buying it up, right? So someone created a restaurant, and you can buy drinks, but you can buy pretty much a digital drink for someone online. So it, it's just one of those things where... Um, Boy, explain so that. If, I, if you bought me a digital drink, can I drink it? No, you're just, you're just buying each other drinks on virtual. So it's almost like that movie, Real Player One. If our listeners haven't seen it, go and look at it. And, and I, I always try to encourage folks, it, it's so important to really educate yourself on, these, on the different things that are going on because we're constantly evolving, Dottie. And one of the things that I realized, you know, when, when, when I was hearing this, I was like, what are you guys talking about? I've, I feel so old when I talk to, to, to younger folks and they're, they're talking about um, NFTs and cryptocurrency. And one of the biggest sort of um, evolutions of NFTs, and it's so popular, there's been billions of dollars that have been flooding into NFTs, is that a lot of artists, um, a, a lot of entertainment folks, singers, a lot of um, artists are actually creating these NFTs digitally, but what they're creating is a community. So if you have one of these NFTs, you actually get to go to their concerts, you get sort of the first preview on things that are coming out, record labels, things of that nature. So you're going to see so much of this in the next couple of years where it's it's community-based and people are, are buying these NFTs to be a part of that community. And, it, and it's just grown so fast, so rapid. But let me ask you a question. Yeah. Ace, I'm sorry to interrupt. I just have to ask No, this. go ahead. The, 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 the probably closest thing that I knew of that is similar to an NFT is, like on the Internet, you could be able to give somebody a virtual present. Like you were able to say, oh, I'm going to give you a dozen of roses on the Internet. But they weren't real. They were virtual. So the person received them from you virtually, but you never could touch them or feel them or do anything with them. So I, you know, and, and that I remember doing years ago. So when you're giving something to someone virtually, like, so what do they do with it? So, so, so that's, that's, that's a great question, right, Dottie? So if you're giving, let's say, an NFT to someone, then that NFT has a, a license that goes along with it, copyright, and it's basically intellectual property. So you may have one out of 10 in the world, right? So it's almost like having an exclusive artwork on the digital platform but it's got a copyright on on it and a trademark that only you and maybe nine other folks have this sort of, um, I guess, artwork, right? So it, it's just one of, but on top of having that artwork, you may have an exclusive ex- exclusivity on events that are happening with that artist, things that that person may be doing in the future. So it's almost like an ecosystem that they're creating, which is which is quite interesting, right? It, it's it's definitely a phenomenon right now. Um, let's see what happens. Um, as the years go by and how sophisticated that platform becomes. But it's very interesting how folks have 
have really gone in and adopted uh, this type of uh, you know currency and 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 trade. So it's 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 a very very interesting time. I think with the pandemic, a lot of folks transitioned over to, to this type of digital sort of asset class and. I think I think we're going to see more and more institutions adopt it. So so I think it's very important for our listeners to educate themselves on what's going on. But, but Dottie, Stephen, I think what's we your, have what's your read on this, Stephen? Yes, Stephen. I, I would I would make a couple of distinctions. You know, one on the NFTs, the non fungible tokens. When you have a unique item, and if you perceive that there's value to it go ahead, you're getting a something. Whether that something right. is a physical asset, music, other some sort of intangible asset, that's fine. You're getting something. And, and if you decide it has that value, you know, so, so be it. That's absolutely fine. I, I, you know, my concern is that on, again, and I would distinguish cryptocurrency from blockchain. Blockchain is an interesting technology that allows for information to be stored and transmitted in a certain way. There's a difference in having any currency. You know, we can pick on Bitcoin, but we can pick on something else. And what my fear is, there is a misunderstanding and an idea that people need to get on the train before it leaves the station. But before you get on, you should know where exactly you're going. And while fiat currency has its issues, it's not perfect. There's always been questions and windows of inflation with any currency. The reality is there is still a something behind it, right? When you have the, when you have the U.S. dollar, you have the full faith and credit of the United States of America. With any other currency, you have that of that nation. Um, with Bitcoin or any other cryptocurrency, it is adoption and belief. And the moment that people no longer believe in it, it can fall apart. Um, and that's what I think is important. And I think it's even more dangerous than the dot-com era. You know, in the dot-com era, remember, we had, all, we had a number of dot-coms that went up exponentially in value before, you know, a few of them made it and a whole lot cratered. But they still had ideas. They had technologies. This is effectively a payment system um, and... You know, if you're trying to uh, do an electronic transaction, you have credit card companies, you have other payment systems. So the question that I think anyone has to ask, ask themselves, what is the uniqueness and what is the value of this asset and what's behind it? And, you know, it, it's, I think, pretty scary for a lot of people because there's really not a lot behind it. It's just, you know, faith and a prayer. And people don't even know who are even the architects behind it. I mean, if you go back... When back to 2008 that Ace rightly mentioned, people aren't even sure of the rumored father of this whole cryptocurrency is. There's a name that's out there, and people are not sure who the person is even. So, you know, look, people have to ultimately make their own decisions. Um, I personally am, am very, very concerned if people put a lot of fortune money in that, and, and they have these paper fortunes that could disappear overnight. Um, as to buying into a Virtual real estate, I do appreciate that. If you were to buy me a drink, Ace, at this virtual restaurant, it has zero calories. <laughs> and I would never be pulled over for a D. And, 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 and the police would be out of business because then no one would have a DUI from a virtual drink. Um, exactly. <laughs> the, uh, um, 
you know, it, it's, I think it's great that we're experimenting, but I think also, and this is a really a scary thing, I think people need to not forget what reality is. It's wonderful to have virtual reality. It's wonderful to have augmented reality. But the fact is, and I, th- and I see we see a sampling of it, you know, we look at social media, and, and again, I don't want to pick on any company, but, you know, people take pictures from Thanksgiving, and they show these wonderful food and everything. Nobody's showing the plates afterwards after it's eaten, right? Nobody's showing the garbage can. I mean, it's not just this nice, wonderful picture. There is a whole process to get there, and, and I think what's a little bit scary is people need a little bit of a dose of reality. Um, of what's going on. And, and I'm concerned that people are getting a little too detached. You know, things don't magically appear. You know, ordering up, you know, a virtual hamburger is not going to satisfy a grumbling stomach. Um, so right. I, I mean, it's, it's not going to help with starving. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and Stephen, it, it's great you, that we're thinking differently, and I think it will help in different applications. You know, I think it will help in the sciences if we want to virtually design a building and see and, and test it and see what happens if we have an earthquake, how well we'll stand up. I think that's where the technology is great to then help us experiment to actually do something in the real world. Um, things like that. Yeah, Stephen, and you mentioned something that, that is so important for our listeners, right? Um, you really have to do your research and you have to have that belief and you have to really understand what each token and what each digital asset, uh, what their utility is because there's going to be winners and there's going to be a lot of losers, right? And a lot of folks, they tend to have that fear of missing out. And right now I see that happening more and more each and every single week um, or even day. I talk to folks and everybody's talking about cryptocurrency because you have all of these sort of 2000% gains in a month, in a week, right? So everybody now is expecting to make so much money and they feel like it's a get rich type of um, investment. And it's not, that's not the case. And Stephen, you couldn't have said it any better. You really have to make sure that you do your due diligence, learn about the asset class, and then make sound investments, right? So this show, it's our job to really tell you guys as much as much information as possible, but it's really up to each individual to make their own, make their own judgment, you know, do the research that you need to do and, and really inquire about what's going on and what the trends are. Just, just don't invest because you feel like you're missing out or you hear about all these stories because to Stephen's point, you only hear about the good. You never really hear about the bad, right? So uh, that's, that's something true. I just want to make sure our listeners yeah. are, are and, and I just want to give one other warning on this too. And look, again, people have to come to their own conclusion. I have my opinion. It's slightly different than ACEs um, on it. And that's great that, you know, it's good that, you know, there's not just one opinion because life would be boring. But U.S. currency is also known as legal tender. And my one warning, and, 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 and for people uncertain, take a look at the dialogue that's gone on in China and the laws that have been passed and the dialogue going on in India um, to see what I'm talking about. But all you have to have happen is have one election where you have enough votes in the Congress and a president who are very concerned about this, and they could pass a law and make cryptocurrency illegal overnight. You can't make the U.S. dollar illegal. It's in the Constitution that it's the legal, it's the legal tender. But my warning is any cryptocurrency could be made illegal if the Congress that, you know, and the that, president that's set That's really important to know. And our job here is what I think what all three of us are really, we're all three saying the same thing. 
you're hearing a lot about it. And when you start to hear about it, and I'm no different, you hear a lot about it, you say, wait a second, all these people are on it, or they made this money, maybe I should be on it. And I see that, as Ace said, you see that happening more and more. Do not try to get on the bandwagon because somebody told you about it unless you yourself do a lot of reading and you could you can buy books, you can go on the internet, you can Google and you can get so many topics on it. So I think for most people, not all, but for most people we're, we're not they're not really versed on it. Now, if you say to yourself, because uh, somebody told me during Thanksgiving, actually, you know, I just put, I don't really understand it. I don't really know what it is exactly, but I invested in a, not a lot of money, but I put, you know, a little fund. I invested in a small fund. I mean, if you want to take a chance and you say, I'm going to put X amount of money, it's like a gamble, but, you know, I'm willing to lose that if this doesn't work out. Maybe. Okay, but you, I, I think most people really don't know enough about it, so read up, try to learn as much as you can, um, and just don't follow the trend. And that's really what happens. You know, people follow, you know, look, so many people made money in the stock market. But, again, have they, they don't really mention how many people lost money in the stock market by thinking so many people made it in the stock market. Let me put, you know, my money in the stocks and this and that. And a lot of people lost, and they don't tell you about that. So I think for all of us, we try to give you like a brief understanding. But obviously on a radio show, we cannot really educate you. Just we're just trying to give you an awareness, and it's your job to follow up. But whether you're not, whether you want to invest or you have no intentions of investing, you know, I think you got to, to stay up with the, in the world. And in this world... For me, and I'm a baby boomer, there's so many things that I never dealt with in my life or ever even heard about. And whether I invest or not invest, I want to at least understand what's going on. I don't want to be left behind. And I feel that you got to keep up with things. We're going to have Tom Swazi right after the news. Are you going to want to hear about him? He's congressman. We'll be right back after the 11 o'clock news. Ion Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A.